Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at Brick Lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, war in Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So my story was lost in the Babylon. It's actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends. Please subscribe or just follow. And you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast. With me, Stephen Rosen, and my guest today is Tracy Renfrew. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me on. That's okay. It's brilliant. I'm pleased to finally uh, get to catch up with you. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, so the reason I wanted Tracy uh, on the podcast, I mean, she's just really had a, an amazing sort of journey through through life, but also through your, your kind of illness, which... Uh, I found really inspirational your your recovery and your self healing around the illness. So, I mean, Tracy was uh, you've been working in the TV and film industry, have you, Tracy? For long time. Um, so, I started um, God when I was in sort of like the late eighties, and um, I was sort of just working on sort of corporate films. And then started doing some pop videos and commercials. And um, and then I'd, I'd always wanted to get into film. So I sort of managed to wheedle my way in there and um, and started making feature films, uh, documentaries. Was it difficult to get into film? Did you go through like a study route or? Um, I, 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 I was going to. <laughs> My plan was, because I wanted to, to do it ever since I was at school, ever since I saw Jaws, actually. That was that was me hooked. And um, when I left school, I applied to all the film schools. And basically, they all said, bugger off, you're too young. Come back when you've got a little bit of life experience. So I thought, well, that's fine. I'll go to art college instead. So I, I went to art college, got a degree in graphic art and design and which was four years and so by the time I got out of that the thought then of going and doing more studying um, was not something that I particularly wanted to do and and so I um, yeah I just I completely took a different route probably made it a lot harder for myself Um, but that's the route I took Um, and um, and so I, I just yeah, I, I I met one person through doing some music videos. Uh, who was a cameraman? He was um, very helpful to me, introducing me to sort of various people. Um, and then I I sort of joined a producers organisation 
sort of here in London, and um, which is then when I really sort of I just networked every spare second I had, and um, yeah. So it, it so I guess it was difficult to get into, but but it doesn't feel like it was. But it, I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah with uh, yeah. I mean, I, obviously you know my son Joe's sort of studied for, for film and editing, and he's. He's struggling to get into it, but he's, he lacks, I think, at the moment, that networking kind of energy to get out there and network, which yeah, is, he, I think, essential, you know. Yeah, really, he, it really with a is degree essential. He's done quite well in his degree, but... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So you was, you was, you know, had a, a good career in film and you've been doing that for quite a while. And then... Uh, was it 2018 that suddenly you was... Yeah, 2018. Um, well, interestingly, actually, so um, in sort of October, November of 2017, um, my husband made a sort of a few sort of side comments um, that I was slurring my speech um, and moaning that I was always forgetting everything. And, uh, and so I went off and recorded myself speaking which of course is ridiculous because the second you know you're recording yourself, you really enunciate. So I listened back to it and thought, I don't know what he's talking about, so I'm fine. <laughs> and, I've got the evidence um, here as well to yeah, prove yeah. it. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but then in March 2018, um, I was in the... I remember it exactly. I was in the kitchen. Uh, I'd just made us both a coffee. I'd had some coffee and then thought I'd burnt the tip of my tongue um you know that sort of numb feeling you get right didn't think anything of it I actually commented oh god I've just burnt my tongue annoying and and then the next morning when that should have gone a bit more of my tongue was numb and I thought well that's a bit weird that's that's worked in the reverse of how healing usually works yeah. and then when I woke up the next morning a little bit of my left lip was numb and then the next morning, a bit of my left cheek was numb. And, and so each morning I woke up, a little bit more of my left side was numb. And, and at the time, it was all just in my face. And so I thought it was a, possibly to do with my trigeminal nerve. Um, and so I booked an appointment with a dentist. And he said, no, you've not had any work done on there for 18 months. It would come up straight away, so you should go and see your doctor. So I went to see the doctor. She did loads of blood tests. Um, nothing came up other than my thyroid was just ever so slightly above normal. Um, and, she, and she did say, she said, look, she said, it's so slight. She said, I wouldn't ever recommend anything. But because it's the only thing that's transpired, I'm going to put you on thyroxine. So I, I, I went and bought it from Boots. And I just thought, just my gut told me that that wasn't right. Mm. So I called her up and I said, look, I don't think that's right. I'm not going to take it. Um, and so I researched um, specialists for numb faces, <laughs> not knowing what would come up. A neurologist came up um, and I found a guy um, at uh, one of the hospitals in South London. So I called up. He was on holiday. So I made an appointment for two weeks. And um, in the meantime, I used to suffer from um, a repetitive wrist injury in my wrist. And once a year, I used to go and have a, 
uh, injection, steroid injection. And so I was due for my steroid injection in my wrist. And <clears throat> so I have the same guy every year, Simon. So I went to see him and just, you know, casually he was saying, how are you? So I told him what had been going on and that I booked to see this neurologist in two weeks. And he said, he said, oh no, you can't wait two weeks. And he picked up the phone, dialed a number and said, um, I've got a young lady in my office, um, needs to see a neurologist, are you free? And um, so that same day, I went to see a neurologist at 6.30 in the evening. Um, at 7.30, had an MRI and, um, and then went to see him the next day to get the results and um and I and my husband was away and so I took my friend um who's in the music business and is a bit of a comedian and we're sitting there and he gets my MRI up on the screen and points to these um oh no this first of all he said he says so this is your brain and my friend turned to me and she she she, she goes oh thank god you've got one <laughs> so the two of us cracked up laughing he very sat there very po-faced waiting for us to stop laughing and um, and eventually I, I said, sorry, sorry, go on. And he said, he said, well, you've got these three little shadows. And, and honestly, he could have knocked me down with a feather. I, I was so shocked. I was fully expecting him to say, well, there's nothing wrong. We have no idea what it is. Was you in, in good health generally yeah, at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. went to the gym maybe three, four times a week. Um, you know, I've always been sort of quite fanatical about keeping fit and my diet and things and um yeah so I was very shocked um and so I said to him well, what you know what can this be and he said well that sort of sort of the lower part of the scale just a little bit of brain inflammation um and going all the way through to the worst thing a brain tumor so which I thought well that's a bit of a, an extreme thing to say to somebody um, so I said, okay, well, hopefully it's the inflammation, not a brain tumour. And, um, and so he suggested um, that I took uh, some steroid tablets, um, which he said if it was inflammation, it would just two weeks and it would be gone and mm. back to normal. So I, I took these, these pills and rather than over the... He said, you'll, you'll see a difference in a few days. And rather than see a difference for better in a few days, as I took these pills, I just got progressively worse. Was your, I mean, you, obviously you started with a, a minor numbness and, mm. and, and what was going on when your process of, of, of how was you kind of processing that? Was you telling yourself, oh, this is nothing or? Yeah, I'm a bit weird like that. I, 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 I don't know if it's the producer in me, but I always think anything is possible, nothing is impossible. And, um, and so I just thought, oh, we'll, we'll sort it out. Right. Whatever it is, we'll get to the bottom of it, we'll sort it out and I'll carry on. So he wasn't really concerned? No, not yeah. at all, no. I think Stu was more concerned than me. Um, and so but by the end of this two weeks, I was sleeping pretty much all day and um, my left side of my, my whole left side of my body was um, pretty much numb. And, and my whole right side was becoming paralyzed. And so I couldn't really walk anywhere without support. Um, I was starting to not be able to swallow. I couldn't 
feed myself. I mean, I deteriorated really, really quickly. Well, it sounds like rapid. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. And um, and so Stu and um, a good friend of ours um, managed to get me into um, the hospital just very close by uh, because the neurologist that I was seeing at that point, we'd completely lost confidence in him. And when the hospital saw me, they they took one look at me and rushed me into intensive care unit. That's how bad I was. Um, so I wasn't really fully aware of what went on for about three days, um, other than I knew they were giving me the maximum dosage of steroid per day that you could give anybody um, uh, intravenously. Um, and I was having it at the crack of dawn so that there was the hope that it had worn off enough by night time that I would get some sleep. Um, but, it, but it was, um, obviously, because it builds up in your body. And, and I, I mean, it got to the point where I wasn't sleeping at all. I can totally sleep, see how sleep deprivation <laughs> works as a torture. <laughs> so I was in there and had lumbar punctures, more MRIs. And was you in like a lot of physical pain with this no, as well? Not, yeah, non, not, no pain at all. So um, you was just conscious of what was going on? But not even really, because then, yeah. by then I was filled with so many drugs, right. I, I wasn't really aware at all. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I apparently left a message on my husband's voice mail, um, which he... Th- it, he thought was hilarious but also made him cry at the same time because I said I couldn't get hold of him he'd accidentally blocked me <laughs> and um and so I left him about three messages which I don't remember at all and the last one said Stu you know I can't get hold of you what if there's an emergency <laughs> <laughs> and when he listened Something to it happen, yeah, yeah. He, he thought how much more of an emergency does she need <laughs> she's in intensive care <laughs> um and um, and so, so eventually the, these drugs did appear to work, and I had another MRI. Um, but they had because I was in a fancy hospital. The the contraption that goes over your head had a little mirror, um, so that if you suffered from you know not small spaces, you could be claustrophobic. Yeah, you, yeah. you didn't feel yeah. it because there was a mirror, so you you could actually see out. Right. Um, but that really didn't work, do me any favours at all, because I could see directly into the booth where where the technician was. Mm. And and it was a really long MRI as well. It was absolutely horrific. I was in there for two hours and I wasn't wow. allowed to move because they, they took a scan of my brain and the whole of my spine. And, um, and I could see sort of one by one, a doctor would come in and be standing looking at the screen and then another doctor came in and then another doctor came in and then they're all sort of standing, rubbing their chins, chatting with each other. And I, and I just thought, if if my brain looked normal, there'd be nothing to look at here. So this is not good that three people, not just one, three people have come in and are now all discussing my brain. Mm. And, and at this point, you obviously, there was no diagnosis. So. No, none at all. So that was the, that was the first time that I was worried then the neurologist came to see me in the morning and he said I've got good news and bad news of course cliche and I said fine I said well what's the good news first and he said um he he said the drugs have 
cleared up all the inflammation that was there. And I said, well, that's great. Well, what's the bad news then? Thinking, yay, I can go home. And um, he said, he said, whatever is going on with your brain, um, it, the second that the drugs have stopped, it is spreading again. Um, so the drugs aren't working and mm-hmm. you can't stay on those drugs um, because I, if you stay on steroids too long, it, it completely just trashes your Destroy bones. You, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I was already, uh, I had to go for a bone um, density test as well because I was already borderline. So I was just, I was erring on the good side of bad. So, um, so that was sort of one of my sort of big things when I did get out of hospital to get mm. my, try and get my bone density strong again. Um, so, so, so that was a Friday. And then on the Saturday, um, he said, there's another neurologist coming who's more specialist than I am. Um, so this, this guy turned up, Dr. Silver, and um, he said, um, you're not going to like this, but you have a very um, aggressive form of multiple cirrhosis. And um, at which point I did burst into tears. And um, I felt at that moment... Um, not so much the diagnosis, actually, that because I'd already always considered myself to be really healthy, that my body had let me down and failed me. And, and so I didn't, I couldn't see how I would get better because I already did all the things that were good for me that I couldn't do anything else. I mean... <laughs> so you, 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 you basically... you kind of blamed your own body yeah for letting you down yeah yeah I did totally and at the same time didn't see any any sort of hope in that at all no because I because at that moment I mean I've learnt a lot differently now but at that moment I thought that I did all I could to be a healthy person right um which was going to the gym and you know taking care of yourself yeah but having you I know, suppose you was under a lot of stress though was you working in that industry in the in the film industry um, I was, um, but I d- it didn't feel it like it was yeah. stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes, you know, you're, you, you do just because you deal with stress and it doesn't feel stressful. I don't think that's particularly healthy either. Actually, it's pro- yeah. probably more unhealthy in a way, because at least if you know you're stressed, you can try and do something about it. I know. I mean, um, I, I had, yeah, I used to run a, a a big business and, yeah. and was you know suffering for stress quite a lot and, yeah, yeah. and just didn't allow that really I yeah. didn't know how to take care of myself on that yeah, level right, so. yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, so so yeah so all of a sudden you're like you got this diagnosis mm. and where do you go next with that yeah so I, so I got offered a whole um, pharmacy of different types of drugs and um you know, with a whole list of, of the side effects that go with each drug, and um, which always makes me laugh because that they're not side effects, they are direct effects, but it just sounds better if they say side effects, doesn't it? But they are yeah. actually direct effects. Um, Consequences of using that for Yeah, exactly, yeah. Drug, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and so, so the neurologist said, um, he said, look, 
after he spoke to me and sort of realised the type of person I was, he said, look, we can be very English about this and I can start you on this drug um, and we can wait till that one doesn't work because of how aggressive it was and we can move you up to the next one and the next one and the next one. He said, or we can be very American and just go for this one. So I, I said, well, let's sod it. Let's go for, be American and go for that one. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want any... some things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't want... Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mess around, you know. I'm definitely not the English classic. Yeah. And... Um, it's not going for a walk in the garden with this one, eh? No, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah some, something aggressive needs a bit of an aggressive attack on it. And, and what was your sort of mobility at this point, Tracy? I was very weak, um... Although I was in hospital for two months and um, so half of that was um, rehabilitation. So I had a, um, a voice coach because obviously I'd, I'd lost the ability to sort of speak and my muscles had become very weak right, during the time because I, I couldn't swallow properly and so I couldn't really eat properly. Um, and I, had a, I was seeing a neuro uh, counsellor um, to see sort of what damage, if any, had been done to my brain. Um, an occupational therapist. Um, so I mean, it, I mean, it really was. You know, the stuff that I was doing initially was the sort of stuff that you would see little kids doing. You know, like moving a peg from one yeah. bar to another bar. Um, you know, and using different fingers. And how did that feel when you was? I mean, was you like? just getting the the next thing out of the way or I mean did you have time to sort of process that um I mean just I'm very I'm very good at being focused and um and I'm very good at coming at things in a positive way um I don't if I think about it I don't really approach anything with a negative effect I I I approach it very positively yeah. you know even if it's not you know a particularly pleasant thing to be doing I just sort of get on and I find some enjoyment in it and um and so there was a weird bit of me that just thought once I got over the shock because obviously that was a big thing um and there was a few friends that that behaved in a bit of a weird way which oddly enough I think took up more of my focus than actually what was going on with my body initially. Um, Were these friends that what they couldn't come to terms with what was going yeah, on with you? Ju- yeah, they just handled it a bit oddly. I mean, we're, we're one friend in particular. We're friends again now, um, and then there's a couple of people that that I don't I don't see anymore. Um, and. Um, but but once I'd sort of got over the shock of it, it it then it became my next challenge in life, um, right. to not. I I've I've my parents always brought me up to, can't was not allowed to be in my dictionary, my vocabulary, um, or impossible. Um, so I, I could, when I was a kid, I was never la- allowed to say, I can't do that or it can't be done or that's not possible. Um, and so, so I've never taken no for an answer, which probably is a good mm. thing when you're a producer because you just, you, even no matter how impossible something seems, 
you if you tell somebody that that's the way it needs to be yeah. you know i i will just keep banging away until that person yeah. then says yes so you in in a way really you know all of that was conditioning conditioning you guess, yeah. in, in order to just go like boom we're just yeah. going through this whatever yeah happens. yeah yeah so so I, yeah i was told things you know my family was as well i mean my dad when he saw his doctor um she said, oh, God, that's not good. You know, where does she live? And he said, oh, we're in a townhouse. And he said, oh, no, they'll, they'll have to sell that and get somewhere that's all on one level. And So um, people have already before, you know, they, they've already labelled you or they've yeah, already yeah, yeah. put you in a little box or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and so I, I was allowed home a couple of times to basically come home and work out where I would need rails on the walls and if I was going to be able to get up the stairs and that sort of thing um, and if we were going to have to move um, and uh, I think even so that was that the purpose of you leaving the hospital they, yeah they yeah should go and assess yes yeah it was like a, a reconnaissance trip yeah yeah um, wow so that's like yeah, it's, it's quite heavy. It is really yeah, heavy, isn't yeah, it? The, yeah. I mean, the message behind that is that this is it. You know, yeah. you, you just, you need to adapt to this. Now. Yeah, no yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and things like, um, you know, that if I was chopping vegetables, you know, the advice was to sit down at the table and chop vegetables. It was all about managing your energy and... Um, and not exhausting yourself. And they had this saying um, called boom boom and bust. Mm. So if you use too much energy... governments know about that as well, right, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> slightly different meaning, yeah. yeah. So if, if, you, if you use too much energy one day, you might be in bed for three days. And I just thought, this is not me. There's no way I'm this settling for this. Absolutely no way. Um and and so I, I I started taking this this drug, which was an infusion, um, which I had to have once every four weeks, and um, which was terrifying to go initially. I think I was probably looked like a little sort of rabbit in headlights when I arrived, and um, because also up until this point as well, I had never really been ill in my whole life. I got chickenpox when I was four, um, and I think I had measles when I was six. Um, I think maybe I missed four days school in my whole, mm. all the time I was at school. I loved school. Well, that's incredible, isn't it? When yeah. you think about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, and so the other thing is, was when I did get ill, like all my friends went, they were all like, what? But you never get ill. <laughs> you know, you're the person that we just think will be like the last man standing when we all die. Yeah. Um, so everybody was pretty sort of blown away with what happened really. Um, and that was your belief as well. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I thought I was invincible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've sort of got back to that thought pattern now. Um, but yeah, long journey mm. from there to here. Um, and and, and a, uh, obviously a different journey, which we we go into. Yes, in, in yeah, yeah. Very bit, different yeah. journey. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when I when I was then went into this rehab section um, of the hospital. So my first thing to get over was having to learn to walk again, um, so which got off to a bad start. So literally the second they sat me up and because I'd been lying down for three weeks, um, 
and I've I've always had low blood pressure anyway. <laughs> and uh, and so when I sat up and they, I'd got to like two rails on either side, and they said, look, just um, we're going to lift you up and then just stand and hold these rails, and just we're just going to see if you can stand for three seconds. I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Three, of course I can stand for three seconds. Anyway, they stood me up and I went, whoa, whoa, I don't feel very well. And the next thing I knew, I'd passed out, um, had a convulsion attack or whatever you call it, and um, got myself back in ICU again. And um, so it, so we had to go a little bit, it, it's slower than standing up for three seconds, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, just, I mean the way that you're describing mm. this whole thing is... is you know, I'm I'm kind of like thinking and feeling into like actually that just that standing up. I mean, what a what a, a big event that mm. would be, and, yeah. and and you're like, well, you know, it's like this is nothing, but then then yeah. the reality is yeah, kind of hitting you. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Wow, Even standing know, was yeah. was tricky. Um, and it what actually at that point what was gutting is because so in nineteen ninety seven I fell off. Um, a double-decker bus, <laughs> not on the top, <laughs> at the back, um, on Oxford Street and damaged my back. Um, but I, I sort of lived with it and sort of, because I was so fit, managed to sort of keep it strong. But I, but then I fell down a flight of stairs in, in Alaska um, and had a couple of snowboarding accidents. And I so I think over the years, I just kept damaging it more and more. And um, and then in February or well, January 2011, I, it finally just went right. You've messed around with me enough. I'm, that's I'm gone. And so I ended up having to have a um, spinal operation in right. February 2011. So that so that was very similar, in and that really was painful though. Um, having to learn to walk again, you know, not being able so to it's bend. The second time round. Oh God. And when I when I got better after my back, which took about two years. I thought, right, that is it. I am not going to be have anything go wrong with me ever again. <laughs> um, and then, you know, cut wow. to seven yeah. years later. Here, we, here we go again, which I couldn't believe it. Um, have you got any? Uh, have you ever had a chance to sort of process any why these things happen, or have you ever kind of? Because I, I know you've gone on a bit of a spiritual journey as mm. well, haven't you? In your oh well, my, my back was. Um, yeah, I mean, my back was a purely. Although I say I was never ill, I, I did lots of injuries to my back, uh, sorry, to my body. Um, never broke anything, but I've, I've torn and pulled a lot of things because uh, I, I did gymnastics between ages of four and 18, um, which I absolutely loved, but realised after my first back <laughs> accident that... Um, that much gymnastics actually is really mm. bad for you. Not, it's not good to be bending your back, sort of all like this. Um, and uh, so I'd probably already done a little bit of damage to it then. Right, yeah. And I'm, and I'm really bendy as well, which is, is also not great for your body. Um, and so well, then when I... mobility on your joints, yeah, that's yeah, not bending. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so falling off the bus, um, I, I landed in a way, I could have shattered my spine. I was actually very lucky. Um, and sort of landed slightly to one side. Um, and I damaged the fourth and fifth vertebrae, which is down the bottom. Um, and then when I was in Alaska, I fell down a flight of stairs and damaged the exact same bit, just where I, I sort mm. of shot up in the air and came down. Thought I had broken my back then, it was that was painful. 
Um, and then I had two snowboarding accidents and, and again, damaged the same bit of my back. So, so my, my back operation, it really, it was only, it was just, it was a case of just when in my life that would happen. Um, yeah, it kind of it sounds a bit like you know, in the in the flow of the universe, you just keep getting hit with these these quite bad injuries mm. and yeah, yeah, and just keep bouncing back. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I I I like an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as you know, on this next retreat, I'm, I've not been put off. Um, so so yes, yeah, so I, so when I found out that there was the gym in the hospital. Um, and I could utilize it and, and have, see a physio. Um, I was just like, well, how, how often can I come each day then? <laughs> and, um, and, and so they started me off sort of once a day in the morning. Um, and then about sort of two, three times a week, I would have hydrotherapy as well. And, and so I was just a pain in the bum because I just kept wanting more and more and more. And, um, and and but it but it was it was interesting because I mean even just um, doing doing you know the bridge where you just lift mm. your hips up yeah um, just I doing, was doing one that this morning, oh were you yeah. well just doing one of those um, I would be shaking like you would not believe and and be absolutely like someone throwing a bucket of water over me with sweat just from trying mm. to do one initially. Um, and uh, so I really was starting from baseline. Yeah. Um, but I, but again, I when I was in there, I, f I felt very lucky, even though you know there was all the things going on with me that there was because, you know, there was a guy in there that had, that had had a brain tumor, um, and he was in a wheelchair and doing his physio. Um, there was a woman that had been hit by a bus um, who had lost the use of her legs. Yeah. Um, there was a guy that had had a motorbike accident. So that there was a lot of people in there that I considered were way, 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 way worse off than, than mm. me. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I can see kind of from your upbringing and, and those messages that yeah. you've been kind of reinforced in childhood. That yeah. You're, you're never going to look at yourself like, you know, there's, there's ever, you know, anything wrong with me. No. So, I mean, that no. must have been... And I, I mean, did you did you kind of use that energy to in your kind of healing in your self healing oh my journey? God, yes. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Because yeah. you you kind of eventually moved away from from their idea of of, of your recovery, didn't you? Well, yes, because um, so after I think it was after my second infusion. So we're all just in the, in the same little group each month. Um, I said to the to the other women because it because MS affects more women than it does men. So eighty two percent women, um, the remainder men. So it's really? um, yeah, um, which I've got my own sort of theories on that as well through my research, um, and and so I said to them, um, I said, so how long is it before this starts to work, and gets rid of all my symptoms? And they sort of all sort of looked at each other and went, um, oh, uh, I think you better speak to the MS nurse about that. So I was like, oh, okay, odd. <laughs> so, um, so when she came back into the room, I said, oh, Monica, can you tell me how long it is before, you know, my symptoms will go away with taking this drug? And she, she said, oh, she said, it doesn't work like that. 
she said she said unfortunately um you know she said your symptoms are your symptoms she said what this drug does is it stops you getting any worse so it arrests the so I, yeah. so I I said well hang on a minute so that it's not going to get rid of the symptoms so she said no I'm sorry it won't um but she said you but you won't get any worse you shouldn't get any worse so so that was a bit of a shocker um and and I just thought okay there's absolutely no way I'm I'm staying like this for the rest of my life and oh I don't also want to be on these strong drugs for the rest of my life mm. as well um cuz that will throw up other problems later on for sure yeah. yeah and um and so I had I had been given three books the other thing I didn't mention was it affected my eyesight so when I was in hospital I had double vision and um and it was it's actually it's quite funny and also very sweet people when people would come and visit which um which was a lot of people she had to put them on a schedule eventually because <laughs> there was too many people coming um, and I wasn't getting any rest in between me doing the physio and the gym and things. And um, but every time somebody would come, somebody would bring me a magazine. So it just went on this pile because I couldn't read. <laughs> and this pile just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, but but three friends had given me these three books, um, which actually were with the with the beginnings of the game changer for me. So the first book was You Are the Placebo by Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. And um, there was the medical medium, which is Anthony William, and uh, uh, you can heal your body with your mind by an English healer called Neil um, Matthew Manning. And um, and so the You Are the Placebo was the first book that I picked up when I felt that my eyesight was a little bit right. better. And and it was about two o'clock in the morning. And it was, well, I couldn't sleep. And and so I just picked this book and I was like, what is this book? You are the placebo. And so I literally, I just I just opened it randomly and it said, woman heals from MS. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the book for me. And, um, and so I went back to the beginning and literally didn't stop reading till I finished it. And, um, and so he, he does meditation, but a very sort of particular type of meditation. And um, and and I've I have got more and more into that. Um, I've done t two of his advanced retreats, um, and you learn all about um, the quantum field, um, neuroscience, how your brain works, how your body works, how your body works with your brain, um, how you can influence your subconscious brain, and um, and how you can heal doing this sort of thing. So, so that was the first thing that I sort of grasped tight onto. Um, and then I got in touch with Matthew Manning, the healer. I sent him a letter and said, can I come and see you? Um, this is what's happened to me. This is all the things I'm doing. I'm determined to get better. And I think you can help me. And so he agreed. So I started seeing him and, um, and then the the medical medium, I just went and bought all of his books, um, and he was all about diet and um, you know how that we we are here on Earth, and also that what has been put on Earth for us is everything that can heal our bodies, yeah, fruit, vegetables, herbs, and um, 
and so I and and he 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 talked actually quite a lot about MS um, and um, and so I went and bought every single supplement that he suggested for mm. MS uh, totally changed my diet um, and e uh, literally everything he said to do you know even just to be, like be holding the avocado in your hand for a few minutes you know when you chop up a garlic let it sit there for 10 minutes what's what's the what's the connection for that then so so um the connection is that when food is medicine and that we've all forgotten that food is medicine and that food has become a form of entertainment mm. um but actually if you treat food like medicine then then it can absolutely heal your body and um and i i know of because of all my sort of delving and research i i know lots there's lots of other people around the world that have also healed from ms um by doing very similar things to so to, you, to you, you basically i mean there's three kind of directions that mm. you've gone in there which is, is is certainly like you know taking care of your nutrition and mm -hmm. and really looking into what what's good for you and and i imagine you know anything processed is just like out the window straight out away. the window yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, uh yeah. and then there's the uh the joe dispenser which is is getting in touch with that inner yes you know yeah yeah inner well, and, power and it, really it, well it is and it's and it's it's um accessing um you know we i mean we are surrounded by energy we are energy um, without wanting to freak anybody out that's listening to this. Yeah, I don't think we've... I think the people listening are, are really interested in, like, right, you know, yeah. what's, what's an alternative yes, way yeah. and it's and, and his his um His teachings are, you know, that you are... So, so we are all energy. So when something is operating in a low vibration and a low frequency, it's solid. So so the lower the frequency, the more solid it is. Um and like rock or yeah exactly yeah. yeah and the higher the frequency um the 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 more sort of fluid and non solid it is yeah um so light sound mm. um and um so actually e equals mc squared is is energy so equals matter at the um times 16 by the speed of light so, so if we were to able to be propelled <laughs> at the speed of light, we would become non-solid. I think, I mean, I've read some, some Deepak Chopra stuff mm. and he mm. talks about that quantum yeah. physics level yes, of, yeah, yeah. of air, you know, if you yes. really took it down to that essence of, yes. of that level of operation, we're just kind of blinking in and yeah. out of existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yes. probably you, would freak a few people out. But. Well, yeah, it would, yeah. And, and, and you can... You know, if you you can tap into the frequencies that are sort of around you, and if you can match a frequency, then that's where you can start to heal. I'm not going to talk any more about that cause, because that's a whole different subject that I don't feel qualified enough. Well, I mean, it's only from your about. personal kind of personal experience. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not here to. No, no, no. But it, but we could just talk an hour just about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I, I kind yeah, of think yeah. that you know, overcoming what you've overcome uh, and and the methods that you've mm. done it, it's uh, it's it's valid sort of conversation. That, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of people now 
accessing this this you know uh, knowledge or, mm. or or kind of awareness that you know there is other other stuff happening. There's energy. Yeah. We're all yeah. we're all energy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. No, some people do look at you like you're nuts though when you say Yeah, that. but uh, I mean, that's like, you know, they're, they're, everyone's entitled to look at yeah. anyone, however they look yeah. at them. But, you know, it's, it's, it's about the people that are interested in like, you know, okay, yeah. this, this woman's obviously gone through several traumatic experiences and uh, and, and is, is up and about like, you know, like there's no problem. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's a powerful kind of advocate of, of what you're doing and, yes. and your methods. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they're very valid, I think. Yeah. So so there was a few um, definitely um, divine interventions, I think, that helped me along the way for sure. Um, my friend Franca, who um, she does Reiki, and so she would come into the hospital once a week to give me Reiki, and um, she had um, a, a little postcard pop through her door, and she came into the, the hospital. She said, "Oh, she said this came this came through my door. I think it's for you," and I was like, "Oh, what is it?" And she said, "It's a free session <laughs> at Harrods in there." Um, cryotherapy uh, um, department so I was like wow what is that so I sort of looked into it a bit more and and I said to the neurologist um, I, I said because I was I would check things I used I don't check anything with him anymore but I used to check things with him all the time I said do you think I can go and do this and he said well I said it might it might be beneficial he said but don't, let's let's just get you on these drugs first and then when you leave hospital, you know, and, you, and you're on these, then you can go and try all these different things that you want to do. And um, so I just thought, oh, sod that. So, so on one of my days where I was meant to be coming home, um, I booked to go get Stu to take me to Harrods, which seemed the most bizarre thing to be doing. And, um, and I went in there and they gave me this form to fill in. And I looked at it and I went through it and I, and I was just like, oh God. I said, they're not gonna let me do this. Um, and it's the first time in my life where I've been given one of those forms. Usually I just go, no, 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 mm. you know, and sign it at the bottom. And then suddenly there was like two where I had to tick yes. And um, and I just thought, oh, I'm just gonna tick no to that one. They don't really need to know, know about that. And then I better should tick yes to that one just cause I need to know actually what are the ramifications of that and it was to do with randomly which I don't ever remember seeing on these forms before but it obviously is um it is there any part of your body that's numb and um and so so the, this woman came out and she said she said I'm so sorry she said but we can't we can't let you do this and I went no 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 you have to why can't you and she said she said well because you've ticked the box about being numb and I said, well, how's that affected? And, and so she said, well, it's, it's, it's minus 90. Um, so it's like a, there are two types of cryotherapy machines. So the, this one was where it's a full body one. So the, mm. there are some where you sit. What is cryotherapy? I mean, I'm, it's, I'm... so it's, it's basically, it's, it's minus freezing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the one I was going in, the one they've got at Harrods, which is brilliant, little plug for Harrods. <laughs> they, it's, um, it's like a big shower. So mm. your whole body goes into it. 
and and you wear a mask. Um, so I was used to wearing masks <laughs> long before COVID came along. Um, uh, little sort of um, ear protectors, um, gloves, boots, and then you're just in shorts and a gym top. Um, and guys are just in shorts. And um, so it's just it's just the sort of extremities because obviously mm. you get frostbite is so cold. I was in uh, I was in the sea at South End yesterday. Oh, were you? Yeah, <laughs> and that's it was cold. cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, my yeah. hands and feet stopped working yeah, when I got right, out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this you have to put a mask on because otherwise you'd freeze your lungs. Right. Um, and you can't stop moving. So so the maximum you're allowed to be in there is five minutes, um, and it, but but three, um, they like to start you off at three. Um, and I got up to four, but I could never manage five. Um, and and all the like all the hairs on your arms and your eyelashes they all freeze. Mm. Um, it's it's very cold, and you don't want to stop moving. So I could see why she didn't want me to go in there. Um, and she'd not even seen me moving, and I hadn't even told her how much you know was numb in my body. Right. Um, and so I said, Oh no, no, it, I was numb. <laughs> but I'm not anymore. And she was like, <laughs> and she said, okay. I said, look, I'll sign whatever you want. I won't hold you responsible. So she said, oh, okay. So when she went away, I said to Stu, I said, look, you've got to come in with me and keep her distracted <laughs> because I don't know how I can move in there um, because she's saying jump around. So I might just be falling all over the place. So uh, he said, oh God, okay. So he, so he came in with me. And I was like, look, it's only three minutes. My God, it felt like a long Luckily three minutes. Not really likes the cold anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> well, no, he wasn't in. So it was, oh, it was right. like, a, if you, like, it's like a sort of a changing room with this freezing thing machine in the corner. And so, um, and she has to stay in there with you. And they play music, um, which is sort of pumped into the machine. Mm. So, it, so you can sort of zone into the music and, and the three minutes will go a lot quicker in theory. Uh, anyway, so he chatted and chatted away to Shally. She's lovely. We're friends now, actually. And um, and I, I was, I was falling all over the place and couldn't couldn't stand. But I couldn't, and you didn't really want to touch the sides because they were even freezing. So um, so it was a bit it was a bit of a disaster. But when I got out, my God, did I feel amazing? And mm. um, and so that was me hooked then. Right. And um, and and. There was a lot of friends, I was very, very lucky, who, who did a GoFundMe, and, um, which, and they raised quite a lot of money as well. And, um, and I didn't know that they were doing it initially. But, but what it did do was it allowed me, um, it to give me time and space to research all of these things mm. and try them. Because without that, I wouldn't have been able to go and do the cryotherapy. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to go on, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza's retreats. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I I'm, I'm feel very blessed, actually, in the, the friends that, that I've mm. got. You know, they, they were very, still are very loving and caring in that respect. Um, and so... Um, so I then I started going to doing the cryotherapy every week. Um, so I I'd I was then allowed out of hospital like one day a week. So that's where I was off to. <laughs> I thought you was putting putting rows on your yeah. on, on your staircase. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I somehow as well, and I don't know how, stumbled across 
um, hyperbaric oxygen chambers. And so I um, got myself on the waiting list for that um, at the Harrow MS Centre in Harrow. And um, and and I, I, obviously I couldn't start that until I had left hospital. Um, and... And um, and so, um, so that that was okay. That came, I came out of hospital at the end of June, and I started in the oxygen in September. So I'd li- a little bit of a wait mm. before that, um, and and then when I came to be leaving the hospital. Uh, that was a bit scary. I sort of realised how quickly you become institutionalised, and but it also, as well, it quite it suited me because it, I was able to just concentrate on me and not feel guilty about anything. From the moment my eyes opened, I could read, study, watch mm. things on YouTube. Which I suppose really goes goes against all of that growing up stuff that you know you're you know. You can't be unwell. You can't be not right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's work in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Just allowing yourself to... Well, it wasn't even that. I mean, I... I, You know, I've I've always loved being healthy. Mm. And I've always... Luckily, because I know lots of people don't. My sister doesn't. I've always really, really loved exercise. I mean, it, it just... To be doing something physical has just always brought me a huge amount of joy. Um, and I really love eating healthy food as well. So there's probably people here really swearing at me at this moment. But but um, so I'm again I'm sort of quite lucky in that respect. That um, so before I got ill, I was a complete cheeseaholic. I mean, seriously, I wouldn't be surprised actually if that was partly sort of what made me ill. And it's, it's interesting because you you mentioned earlier you got your theories on 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 why a certain proportion of women. Mm. Uh, contract MS and, and not guys and mm. uh, a friend of mine a really dear friend of mine close friend of mine Jimmy he's got MS and he's had it for a few years yeah and and I was talking to him and and yeah, recently actually and and he was saying that he he kind of believed his MS come from kind of just from trauma yeah just from trauma yeah. really and, yeah and, and not ever kind of really addressing that or I mean and obviously that's his own his own uh uh, no, I, I would, I would, that, I would completely go with that. Um, so I, because I've had access, obviously, to a lot of people with MS, um, and so I always ask them so many questions, and um, and I and I do always ask them. And at the moment, I've never had the the answer being no. Have you ever had sort of a big sort of traumatic moment in your life, or a, or a big accident? And every single person has said yes. Um, so, I, so I definitely think that is a link. Um, there's a guy as well, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's um, a cell biologist. Um, and he, um, so he's the guy that um, discovered that it's the environment that affects the gene. So it's, so it's your external circumstances that affect your genes, not mm-hmm. generally, it doesn't come from internally. Um, and, and so for me, that, that makes sense because actually, um, although I didn't realize it at the time, it's, it's a sort of a throwback thought, but when I fell off the bus, 
um, something in my body changed and I felt it change, but I had no idea what it was. I just knew I felt different. And, um, and the, the, the only thing that I can explain that, that was noticeably different. So right up to that moment, um, I'd always been seven and a half stone. I could eat whatever I wanted to eat. Um, you know, I, I, it just never fluctuated. I was very lucky in that respect. And then after the accident, I put on two stone. Right. Um, and, and not now, because it, I've changed it since doing Dr. Jodie Spencer. Um, but from that moment up to me doing Dr. Jodie Spencer, I always had a, not, I wouldn't say a weight problem, but my weight would always go up and down. Um, so I, I, I no longer could just eat whatever I wanted and it wouldn't affect my body. And, you know, and I, and I guess doctors would go, yeah, yeah, but you know, these things changed with, as you get older. Mm. But that, that was the one thing that I noticed with it was an instantaneous thing that was very different in my body and not. And, um, and and then and maybe like a few years after um, my back operation, I saw um, uh, Dr. Michael Mosley did a documentary where they took, I think it was um, sort of six different sets of identical twins. So every single thing about them was the same, apart from the fingerprints. Um, and, but he chose these six because one was overweight and the other one wasn't. Mm -hmm. And he what, wanted- in all six? Or, in or, all six. Yeah, okay. And he wanted to know why, because they shouldn't have been. They should have both been overweight or both been the same build, same weight. Mm. And, um, and, but these, these were vastly different. And it turned out that every single one of the ones that was, had gained weight, all of them had had some major trauma in their life. Mm. And, um, and so, so when, if you study Bruce Lipton's work, um, you know, he is all about that the environment signals and can change genes. Um, that doesn't mean to say that, that you will then, you know, if it's signaled the MS gene, so apparently we we all have every type of illness you could possibly imagine in our bodies, but our immune systems keep everything at bay, and and we have not signaled those genes. Yeah. Um, and um, and so so I think you know possibly what I did when I fell off that bus was um, I signaled the MS gene, which then just sat dormant. Um, and then the more sort of traumas I've caused my body, I've, I've not helped that. And, um, and then the reason why I think more women get MS than men is, um, if you, if you study, um, the medical mediums, um, work, um, it, a lot, it, a lot of things are hormonal. Mm -hmm. And um, and so so, his theory for MS is that it's um, a, a very um, 
rare sort of strain of um, Epstein-Barr virus. And Epstein-Barr virus thrives on hormonal change. And so women have, so they, they have their periods, they get pregnant, they have menopause. So there's, there's lots of hormonal changes that, that goes mm. on in a women's, woman's body. And, and so if you've, if you've signaled genes and then you're under chronic stress, so your immune system's suppressed when you're on, under chronic stress, um, then, then you, you can allow then these things to come to the surface. Um, so that, that, was the, that, that was the other thing that I just thought, well, if I've somehow created this, then I can get rid of it as well. <laughs> so that was, that what was a, that. What a conclusion to come yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. so, I mean, yeah. you know. But that, but that isn't really my conclusion, actually, no, because, because I mean, that Dr. It, Joe talks about yeah. that a lot as well, actually. Yeah. And, you know, if something's taken a long time to build and get there, don't expect to get rid of it overnight. No, of course. Yeah. You know, if it, yeah. if, it, if it took years to it's, it's manifest. Like taking, it's like, yeah, taking taking not not control but just taking agency over you know what you've got and and what you can do about it really yeah and yeah. uh what a powerful what a powerful way to look at the solution though yeah thank you yeah no it is it's mm. incredible yeah so that's uh and that's what you've been doing ever since but you've been doing other stuff as well haven't you i mean i you, have you yeah getting back to the energy you do uh quite gone yeah, Qigong. Qigong. Oh, Qigong. Sorry. Yeah. Qigong. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... Um, so it's Franca who gave me the card for Herod's. Um, she also got another card, <laughs> um, which was um, for a, a woman called Mika Kriftenberg, um, who became a very good friend. Um, sadly, she died last year. Um, and... Uh, she 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 did these classes on a Sunday evening um, in the Tabernacle in Notting Hill, and so I started going along to that, and and it was a mixture of um, yoga, qigong, meditation, uh, Wim Hof breath work, um, and she was a big advocate of cold showers, and I was already doing the cryotherapy. Yeah, I mean, so. obviously, you had a lot of benefits from that already. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so, um, so I started doing that every week, um, and then she started doing it on a Tuesday as well. So I started doing that. So I was doing it twice a week basically, and and I've been doing it maybe six months, and I suddenly realised that my um, repetitive wrist injury wasn't anywhere near as painful as it as it usually is, and um, and so there was one particular move that she was doing um, that I thought, I wonder if this is helping. So I started doing this move all the time, <laughs> and um, it's a very easy. But basically, you're just shaking your hand. Mm. And um, and I and I guess what it does is it releases the fascia. Yeah. And um, six months to nine months, um, it is completely healed. And now I have not had a, an injection for six years. Wow. Yeah. So 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 that that just that small thing taught me the power of qigong. Mm. Um, and um, and so I then I started. Uh, following the the guy that now is my tutor 
and um, and he did a, I think it was like a 30-day challenge, um, which was during lockdown. And uh, so I so I did that every day, and um, and I just thought, wow, this is it is really really powerful stuff. Um, and I and then I'd been watching a few documentaries on Gaia, where people who'd had cancer had said that that it was because of Qigong that they'd healed from their cancer. Um, so so that's why then I started training in mm. Qigong as well. Um, and you teach now, do you? I do teach now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 I I love it. It's um, it's it's really nice to see, um, you know the the effects it can have on other people. Has that sort of come back from your own healing that you've you've kind of kind of got this experience and now you yeah totally feel that you need to do something with yeah, it to, yeah to it really is yeah share um, it yeah 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 because I just thought. You know, if I can get well and, you know, and I, and I do have a completely normal life. There's nothing I can't do. Um, there's nothing that I get restricted by. Yeah, I mean, when I've known you for a little while, but I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't in a million years have thought you would have anything wrong with No, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, and I just, I, I just think, you know, without wanting to, to damn Western medicine... Western medicine has been around for 200 years. A Chinese medicine has been around for 4,000 years. Yeah. Um, so they do know a little bit about what they're talking about. Um, and it, I, I think it's a shame that Western medicine doesn't work more with Chinese medicine because I think, I think if everybody had the option of the two, um, I, th I think we'd have half the illnesses that we have. But the problem is... You, that you don't make huge amounts of money from Chinese medicine, no, where you do from Western medicine. Yeah, so, yeah. so that they, yeah, that's uh, that's there one of is. My I mean, I've heard of a, 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 someone I know who's a psychologist and works for the NHS and 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 is really aware of other stuff as well, mm. and 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 kind of tries to help people with other stuff. But there's like a cut off where that will extend to. Yeah, and 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 she was saying that you know she really wants to just kind of set up her own thing where she can combine. Yeah, you know yeah. these other type of therapies which are yeah. really beneficial. Ones, yeah, yeah, that's but totally. they're just not on offer because no. they don't fit that parameter. Yeah, and, I know it's a shame, isn't it? And certainly, yeah. where pharmaceuticals come mm. into it, it's uh, you know it's a really powerful industry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of control and a lot yeah. of uh, yeah. influence in yes. governments yeah. and everything else around yeah. it, even but, doctors. Yeah, but it's, but it's interesting because um, my dad um, had a, he's 85, God, he's about to be 86 actually, um, he had a bladder infection and um, uh, the so the doctor put put him on an antibiotic and it didn't work. So he got put on another antibiotic and that didn't work. And they offered him a third antibiotic. And I said, please don't take it. <laughs> so that's not going to work. Um, I said, take take this. And he was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and it was, um, so it was a, it was a, I gave him just a pile of veggie caps and a little bottle of um, oregano oil, essential oil. A really good brand, and I'm um, quite careful where I get them from. And I said, just put two drops in the veggie um, pack and take it twice a day, 
sort of with breakfast and then dinner. I said, it will take a bit longer because it's a natural thing, um, but it's, it's, it's nature's antibiotic. Mm. And uh, so he did. It's quite, quite um, sort of modern thinking, my dad, actually, for, even though he's 85. Uh, so he did. And he, th- he called me up on... It, I mean, it takes about three weeks for it to work, uh, for it to be gone. And I think he called me up on day 18 and he went... He said, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, I'm better. How the hell have you done that? And I said, well, it's not me. It's, it's nature. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so there's there are lots of things out there um that that do work just as well as pharmaceuticals do you think i mean i know you you invest a lot of time in in your diet and and, and your practices uh do you think there's an easier way for people to access this stuff or do they all have to just go out and do their own research and i think i think sadly you've you've there's a few things i think First of all, you've got to be interested. Um, I think if you're not interested, you won't do it. I mean, I, I, I mean, people have asked for my advice. I've given it to them. I've spent hours doing, you know, big documentation about all the things that they could be doing, and then I've seen them again in like two months and said, "How are you getting on?" And they've and they've gone, "Oh yeah, I've not, I've I'm, I'm not had time to get round to it yet." So, so it is completely the individual that has to be active yeah. participant i mean and i think that that touches on something that that I, I kind of believe and i've spoke to other people about on this podcast about you know people at a deep level don't really want to take responsibility they want someone else to sort it out for them yeah yeah and, um, and actually that's what a doctor does yeah so well, uh, yeah and treats, that's treats maybe the symptoms i'm not yeah. saying always but no, a lot of it is just to treat the symptoms, yeah, isn't it? But that, but that's. I think that is the big difference between Western medicine and Chinese medicine. So, so Western medicine, they're in the illness business, um, and Chinese medicine is in the wellness business. And Chinese medicine encourages you to think for yourself, and you know they don't. You know they don't hand you the pill with the you know that you just take. They hand you the herbs that you have to go and put them in a pot and yeah. make a potion and 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 so so you're you're invested in it. But it, it's um, it's quite satisfying when you've done that, and and then you're drinking it or whatever you're doing with it. Um, rather than just taking something that you don't really know what it's doing, what's in it, why you're taking it. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, it, it requires a certain amount of consciousness as well to, to start looking at our, our approach to healing and medicine and, and just to, you know, really go, well, yeah. maybe that doesn't really serve me, which you've done, you know, from, yeah. from that really poignant place of when they're telling you to go and like, you know, equip your house with uh with you know disability aids and yeah you know sort yeah. out your next your next property that's yeah, going to be yeah. on the ground floor or whatever yeah, and yeah. it's funny though because there's, there's certain things that i do do um i remember reading the, actually this was before i even got ill but i remember reading um there was a guy who was he was like in his 80s and um and his grandchildren were completely in awe that he could jump over his 
gate. And um, and they were like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And he said, he said, well, it's easy. I said, I just, I just have done it once a day for my whole life. So he said, it, so it's never became an issue. Mm. And um, I mean, this, I mean, I, I heard this when I was in my 20s because I did think, oh, well, that's fine. So if I can do a handstand every day, because I'd stopped doing gymnastics by now, if I can do a handstand every day, a cartwheel every day and the splits every day, then I'll always be able to do them. And um, and so that's what I used to do. I just used to do one of those a day. And um, and I can still do a handstand and a cartwheel. Can't quite manage the splits anymore because I didn't actually keep that up. <laughs> um, and I just, so when I, when I, did when I got home I started um because we're in a townhouse we've got a lot of stairs and so I I went the second I got home whenever I had to go up the stairs I took two stairs at a time because I could Mm. and if I go up escalators now I always like I've always walked up and down escalators but now I would never stand on an escalator because I can walk and I can walk up and down them, so I do. Um, and to this day, I always take two stairs at a time, whosoever house I'm in, because I can. Yeah. Um, and you've and you've been to the place where you couldn't. So. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that gratitude and that. Yeah. And I just think it's 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 that little bit of exercise as well. Yeah. It's, on a very basic level, but mm. I think there's yeah there's a, a bigger thing going on underneath that. The fact yeah. that you know. I've come back from not being able to even stand yeah. up without feeling dizzy and yeah, yeah. So there's uh, so yeah. there is stuff that I do um, that I don't you know I don't I mean I'm sure Stu's not even aware that I do that one that I that I do things just because I can. Yeah, yeah. he was saying to me actually yeah. about the carpet. He said every second step mm. seems to be more worn than the other. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the moths. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's brilliant. And I think all of these these little adjustments to our, yeah. our behaviours and, and how we live our lives and, mm-hmm. and, and how we put them into action are so important, aren't they? You know, yeah, they're yeah. so important. And, and just that taking ownership and, and yeah. taking agency of, of, of our issues and our problems, whether they're emotional, whether they're physical, you know, whether they're financial, whatever, you know, just kind of taking ownership of them and, and looking for... Yeah. solutions you know and not just expecting that something's going to turn up I don't mean, I think things do turn up but you know we have to engage in that process don't yeah, we we have yeah. to really be you know yeah. investing in ourselves oh, you do. in, in you our do. health and, and, I, and it's I think you know it, the, 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 the mind is a very powerful thing um, and I think most people don't realise how powerful it is and and then actually partly that the the book you are the placebo um that talks about that there is also the nocebo um where you think negatively or you're programmed with negative thoughts that then have a derogative effect on your body and um you know there are sadly some stories in there um where um people have been told by you know their doctors or whoever um you know the worst thing and and they've believed it and given up and 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 died Mm. um and i and i'm sure you know i i 
could have, had I been a different person, um, you know, if I believed what I had been told, um, you know, I'd be living a very different life than sure. I am right and now. I think it's like, but just before we started recording, we was talking about labelling, wasn't we? And I was telling yeah. you about uh, the other podcasts I'd done with with uh, an inspirational woman, Tracy, mm. who, who didn't want to be labelled as mm. a bereaved parent and, mm. and just kind of, you know, take that through the rest of her life, you know, yeah. as, as that was our identity. And, yeah, yeah. And it's just so powerful when, when people just, you know, go, I'm not going to be labelled, mm. you know. I yeah. mean, I was, I was, you know, drug addicts and all sorts of things, but, you know, I just moved through life and, and, yeah. and I yeah. don't, you know, that was part of my experience of life and, and certainly, you know, I've put it to use in, in as effective, you know, where I've gone from that and where I've mm. grown from that. And it's so powerful when people just, you know, don't accept the yeah. the label that they've been given and, yeah. you know, and, and even like, you know, and people do, as you say, people just accept it, sit down and just die because that's... Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, because, that's because what, they don't need that's to. That's what they've been told, and yeah. And yeah so mm. I think you got. A, I mean, you're a great example mm. of just, you know, challenge everything. You know, challenge everything, and and even if you are, you know, being looked after medically, you know, have a look. What else can you be doing? You know, is there anything else? Because there's always something else, yeah, isn't there? Always. There's always yeah, more yeah. that you can be doing. And, yeah. And certainly, I, I know in in my own journey through life and and through healing and you know healing kind of you know wounds that you can't see you know mm. traumas that you can't see you know it, that stuff you have to go through mm. it and, and 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 own it and and kind of you know yeah. feel it as well yeah. and, i mean i mean you, you can move through it yeah and actually the interesting you're saying about healing because you know people who have the mindset that you can't heal yourself they're actually forgetting that they do it all the time i mean you cut yourself Nobody, nobody comes along and fixes and seals that cut. It's your own body that sends proteins and chemicals to that area mm. that then heals that cut. And, and so if you think about a cut on your body being the first step on a ladder of your healing abilities, um, then why, you know, where do you stop on that ladder? Um, you know, you, you break something, you might, a doctor might come along and set it straight for you, but they don't fix it. That's your body mm. that heals that. Yeah, and it's a great, great point and great yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. For so sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's just finding what it is that's, that's broken and, and what it is that can heal you mm. and, and how to tap into that. Basically. Yeah, tap into it, in, into the energy of it. And, and I mean, there's so many, I mean, I've seen some really powerful examples of, of, of healing. I'm sure you have at mm. this, uh, Joe Dispenser's, uh, oh, yeah. uh-huh. Joe Dispenser's things, you know, yeah. just people self-healing and yeah. and energy. And I was having a walk along uh, with a friend last night, just walking along the, the sea. And he was telling me about, he was, he was at a festival and, you know, someone just came up to him he'd never met before and, and kind of just read his energy. I read, he said, he said that it felt like they read my soul and, and just said a few things to me, which just changed so much for him. And it was, he said he was like, you know, awestruck. And, and, and then the person just went off and, <laughs> and he said, wow, you know, it was like, they just come and give me that little tool, mm. really. 
to look at myself and, and to do something different and amazing and and just just release that that he already as you said you know he already had that ability within him and mm. he didn't have access to it and then someone just kind of guided him to the access to that and and and, and he just immediately felt a lot better about what the, the, the situation well they won't talk about it because it's not you know, it's not uh to the place to, mm. to talk about other people's stuff but you know just it's just the example of that and and this is happening all the time and mm. i was saying to him you know i've had some amazing stuff experiences in my life as well and yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. Oh no, yeah. it is. I mean it that the uh Joe Dispenza events, you know, I I have seen people get out of wheelchairs and walk. Um um yeah, but there were there was uh definitely three or four people that came out of their wheelchairs at the at the London event in and, and yeah, and I suppose, you know, you got all these faith healers and, and all this and, and you mentioned uh Reiki, you know, mm. which is such I mean, I've had some really amazing experiences mm, with mm, Reiki. Yeah, yeah, me you too. Know, with, with just like, you know, unblocking stuff, mm. you know, just unblocking emotional stuff and, you know, it's a whole, you know, I'd love to talk to someone about Reiki on a podcast. Yeah. I think I'll try and find someone yeah. who, who does that. But And so, so you're doing events now, you're doing retreats and... I am, and workshops, yeah. Workshops yeah. and the cold water therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hopefully going on on yeah. this on this next retreat with you. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and climbing into like, uh, is it a lake, a frozen lake? It's a frozen lake. Yeah. So, um, so Rene, um, so Mari and Rene, uh, who are a couple there that I'm sort of I run it with. Um, uh, so Mari does all the cooking, and Rene's the sort of the cold water specialist guy. So, so before we arrive, he he will have cut a hole in the ice. And um, it puts a, a ladder it down there. It's quite thick as well. It looks like it's a. It is really thick yeah. ice. I goodness knows how he does it. He's, I mean, he obviously has got a special. Yeah, he's got yeah, saw. Sort of saw um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's it's. it's I mean, some parts um, there there was a there was a little bit where it, it shifted at some point. It cracked, and and the bit that was sticking out of the water was like two feet yeah. thick. But the second your toe dips in that water. Yeah, you become very, very focused on your toe and not not what's yeah. in the water at all. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. The mind's got all that capacity <laughs> to heal, but it's also got the capacity to go the other way, isn't it? <laughs> Which is uh, is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it looks. Uh, I mean, what are the temperatures there? Do you know? Um, so when we were there last March, so I'm sort of hoping it'll be similar. Um, it's actually very dry, so it 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 feels colder getting in cold water here than it does getting in ice water there right. um, because the air's a lot drier so you're not so you're not dipping in and you've got the cold air the damp air around you um so so when we were doing it um uh, last year it was i can't remember now i think it was minus three or something in the water but it was minus 19 um air temperature right i mean as i said earlier i was in 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 the uh, the sea yesterday mm. at the thames estuary as it goes into uh, yeah do you know how cold in, that was uh i mean the air temperature was two right and the, the sea temperature i don't know i don't mm. think it could have been much above that i mean I, i've been in quite a lot yeah. and 
it felt when I got out, I could, couldn't feel my yeah, hands. Yeah. Yes, I mean, my was, hands were vibrating as yeah, soon as I got in there. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was pretty cold. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's hard to imagine what that would be like. But as you say, it's 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 different, and I suppose it is. Yeah, and it's you know, not it's not as bad. involved in that beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose exactly. there is preparation. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Um, because I guess because it's it's snow and it's ice, I guess your your brain sort of runs away with its imagination, doesn't it? And and so um, you're thinking it's going to be more than a cold thing. <laughs> And, and, you know, there's only so, so much cold that you can be before you're sort of, I guess, unconscious and frozen, isn't there? And, and so, so it's, it probably won't feel that much different than when you were in the sea yesterday um, and might even feel, you know, a bit more pleasant because even though the air temperature is way colder, it's very dry. Mm. And um, and the thing that I noticed when I was there last year was um, all the, the sort of the little sort of wooden houses that that they have. Um, most of them look like they're rotting and about to fall apart. And um, and I said to to Rene, I said I said God, does nobody repair their houses around here? I said surely the you know that's going to just rot and fall off. And he said no 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 they don't have to do it for like another 25 years, it'll be fine. Right. And I said, well, how's that? And he said, well, because the air is so dry, things don't rot. He said, that's probably taken 100 years for that paint to peel off. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very different um, atmosphere. And it's, but where we're going, it's it literally is in the middle of nowhere and the air feels so fresh when you breathe it in. I mean, it, is, it feels like there's literally no pollution there yeah. at all. And then there's straight into the sauna after. I mean, mm. that's... So the cold, extreme cold, extreme mm. heat or heat afterwards mm. is just so healing, isn't it? I've been it doing is, yeah. quite a bit of it, yeah. of that sort of stuff. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just feel, as you say, you're just coming out of that cryo mm. Uh, mm. thing. You just feel alive, don't you? you yeah, just you feel do, like yeah. You've been yeah. lit up. And, yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, and la- last year as well, um, there was a, a, a few a few people, um, which I think if we thought of it before, I'll, I'll make sure we do it this time actually because it was good fun. Um, when we'd gone into the sauna, um, then we then ran out and then rolled in the snow and then went back in the sauna again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's, it's a good laugh actually as well. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. So yeah. the the nutrition on this is going to be is it kind of vegan food or is it vegetarian or yeah vegan vegetarian so um, it it's not the focus isn't on the food on this one um, it it's more you know the surroundings so it's and not a verdict then particularly no, no yeah no I mean the 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 one um, that I do in Devon that is more focus on food and it being organic and anti-inflammatory and alkalizing mm. for your body it's it's um yeah very different this this is more because because we're we're in such a cold environment it's you know and you're going cold water it's more you know making sure that you've sort of got that nice yeah sort of comforting i mean it's all healthy yeah just to sort of wind this up i mean what would you say to people who are uh, going through you know particularly difficult illnesses or, or or stuff like that would 
you know what I know because you work with people at MS mm. you give a lot of support to people don't you yeah, yeah so what would be your you know what would you just want to put out there obviously above what you've already said which has been incredible mm. really um to don't don't just accept um what someone tells you you know that there, there are some illnesses that um you know, sadly, they have a very, very short time to be able to help themselves, like Alzheimer's, for example. Um, to me, that would be a much worse thing, illness to get, um, because you're then completely relying on who's around you to move quickly yeah. to try and help you. Um, whereas I, th- I think, you know, with, with something like um, MS... Um, or Parkinson's, you know, you you have the ability and the time to to help yourself and and not just rely on a doctor's mm. prognosis because you know as as great as as they are, you know, and the, and I'm not completely damning them, you know, they are great for for certain things. Um, but there is a lot that they still do not know about, certainly about chronic illnesses and diseases. Um, and so they, they're just trying to do the best they can. Um, and they don't have time to to do all the research that I've done. Um, and, and particularly because, you know, it's not in the Western medicine remit to go and look at all of these other... Um, therapies that that exist that that do help your body that um, you know inflammation is a big thing with MS you know there's so many things that you can do with diet with supplements um, with exercise cold therapy meditation that all help with inflammation mm. um, so to 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 just not accept the diagnosis that you've been given are there any organisations that you'd kind of point people into if they're just kind of like, if they're listening to this and they, yeah. they're suffering from something and all of a sudden they think, wow, um, I need to do something. Where, yeah. where would they start? Any ideas? Or? God, it's interesting, isn't it? So organisations, uh, I didn't join any. Right, okay. Um, yeah. I know there are lots of organisations out there for MS. Um, but I, again, it was that was a little bit of me not wanting to be... Um, attaching myself to it too much yeah no um, that's exactly what this mm, this other woman yeah. said in her podcast she yeah, didn't want to yeah. be you know she went to those organizations and, and 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 some people was like you know this is this is me now yeah, you know, yeah. this is what I'm, yeah. I'm going through life with so yeah. i so understand that completely yeah, yeah. so the, the, the only the only one that i did join and and still pay a sub to just because it's good support for them is is the ms center in harrow um, because because I I got stuff out of it and still do that I feel is physically beneficial to me. So so they've got the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, um, which I think is very beneficial for MS, um, for lots of different types of symptoms. It helps different people in different ways. Um, and they also do reflexology there, and they do now they do acupuncture there. Um, and they've got physio, which I've never used the physio because I've always 
because I've exercised and done stuff my whole life mm. I, and had a lot of physio for the sort of the damage that I've done. I, I yeah. sort of never felt really that I needed sort of ongoing physio other than to sort of get me back on my feet again. Um, but I know, you know, people don't have a sort of a physical sort of background that I have and so do need physiotherapists and, they, and they've got a lot of really lovely ones and who, you know, are very good there and very helpful. Um, so it's somewhere that I could physically get things that benefited my body um, whereas I've never really been into joining an organisation where you go and sit and talk to somebody else that has MS and you share your experiences that's um, I know that's beneficial for some but for me um, I, just, I needed to just begin rather than talking about it there's yeah. not not much point talking about it. You want to do that doesn't help. About it, yeah. I need to go and find something that I can physically do to to make me better. So yeah. so I'm I'm probably not the best person to talk about organisations, um, but there there are a lot out there, and I'm sure they're very good. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. and uh, and I think you know just just kind of you know hopefully you've inspired people or give people some hope and not just with ms but just you know in general that that there's just so much more out there that we can access if we start looking for it and it's and it's it's kind of yeah in a way just getting moving the stuff that doesn't work out the way isn't it in in its inner sense which is yeah you know how we evolve in life as well yeah no definitely kind of finding what doesn't really work and rather than just yeah investing in, in in other people who, who we hope has got a solution for us but yeah and i'm just about to actually um with a like-minded friend who was also diagnosed with a mess uh before me actually i think she was diagnosed in 2006 um very very different symptoms and um and as much as i researched and thought i'd overturned every square inch of the planet um, she managed to turn over different square inches. <laughs> so um, when we first got together, we couldn't believe that the one that we had in common was Joe Dispenza, actually, and the MS Harrow Centre. And um, But she had discovered a whole bunch of people and things to try, completely different, that I'd never heard of. And she'd never heard of the ones that I'd discovered as well. So it was very interesting, actually, how much stuff is out there that you know two people that had really did go for it still didn't discover all the things that are out there yeah i'm sure uh, you know mm. the importance of that sort of collaboration and, and yeah and with like-minded people who are yeah. uh, kind of on a similar journey well no exactly so what we're doing now is um we're we're just about to um launch a series of workshops for um for people with ms Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. let me know about them and, yeah, and I will do, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll try and yeah. publicise them as well. I mean, uh, I know we were talking earlier and you, you're not really kind of been promoting yourself out no. there in, in the whole world about this <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'd love you to write a book because I think it would just be... <laughs> yes, my dad keeps saying Yeah, that. I think it would be incredible, you know, <laughs> mm. just, yeah, an incredible journey that you've had and... And, and it, you know, hopefully you will do that and be able to share it in, in that form as well mm. as, as the stuff that you're doing, the practical stuff, the workshops yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. and just sharing what, what works. And, and, and there's so many different 
roots to stuff, isn't there? You know, there's not one size fits all, really. No, not and at I all. I think that's no. the thing to to kind of gain out of this as well. And and, and me on, on on kind of my journey of talking to people, and in a way, I'm just kind of like you know, just want to yeah, put some decent stuff out in the world. You know, some authentic stuff and uh, some really authentic sort of journeys, really. And uh, and on my own as well. It's uh, I see so many different areas of life where you know, people can access what they need and it's not always in the same place, you know, no. and different things work for different people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's really important to just, uh, you know, invest your energy and time in, in, mm. in not necessarily searching, but just aligning to what's what works for you, what your the truth is for you. So that's such yeah. a powerful thing. Are you... Uh, you haven't got a website yet, have you? No. <laughs> how did you guess? Okay. Can people follow you anywhere? Or um, how do they get? How, how are they going to get onto your? I'm um, you know. How are they going to get onto your retreats and stuff like that? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Well, luckily this one's about full, so I don't have to worry about that one. Um, but I, I am going to in in the short term get at least a one page website up there, so so that people can get in touch with me um and and i have set up an instagram page i've just not activated it yet okay. I mean, let I me know and i'll, yeah, I'll take you in when this goes out yeah anyway, okay because yeah. it probably is going to change yeah but it's just yeah, you know, yeah. so if people can follow it then if it changes yeah. they'll just they'll follow it anyway but yeah i mean there's nothing it's on just to yeah it. i mean that, that's part of my my kind of uh challenge for this year really is is how do i get this podcast mm. you know out to a much wider audience authentically without mm. you know kind of sending out memes and jumping up and down <laughs> yeah. and, and just really like being unauthentic about yeah. promoting it you know so that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of you know I'm, I'm in that territory as well really yeah, of, yeah. of yeah we've got really some really valuable stuff to, mm. to share and to put out in the world and, yeah. and people might you know people might go yeah well that's interesting and people might go oh, it's a load of rubbish and and it absolutely entitled to whatever opinion yeah, that they've absolutely. got you know yeah, and, yeah. Uh, luckily enough i haven't got any attachment to that so that mm. kind of it's not like i've got any big goal to you know to do anything super yeah. with this other than just have these type of conversations and and hopefully someone somewhere will will, will just you know get some something out of it mm. that helps them in their journey through life because it's a tough journey isn't it you know it we're up against be, a yeah. lot of struggle yeah. and you know, whatever your attitude and whatever your approach to life, I think, you know, it's, mm. it's going to come at you. You know, you can't avoid it. No. It well, might you, be you, illness. It might be, yeah. you know, Yeah, whatever. you're not living otherwise, yeah. are you? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Tracy, mm. I mean, it's been fantastic speaking to you and, you know, I'm really pleased that, you know, I've finally got you on the podcast. Yeah, and, no, uh, thank you for having me, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting on this this next retreat. If, yeah, I if hope so. I think you'll love in. it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, yeah. Let's let's just wrap it up there. Thank you very much, Thank and uh, yeah, what a wonderful conversation. Thank Lovely. You. Thanks very much. Thank Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Copy Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time, and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, press the follow button, and you can connect with me at Copy Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care, and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.